I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Lisa Nobachai is a spiritual counselor. She's worked as an interfaith hospital chaplain. She is the founder of Rooted Pasadena and teaches mindful mama classes. She's married and has a one and a half year old daughter and is a few weeks away from delivering her second child. Today, we will be discussing self-care as moms. How do we care for ourselves when we are in the midst of caring for our kids? Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm excited to be with you and learn from you. And as a mom, I know I can learn from you. I need self-care. So tell us a little bit about your background in um, becoming a spiritual counselor. Well, my background is I went to um, Fuller Theological Seminary and found a roundabout path to becoming a chaplain just from hearing about it from others and um, spending time at the hospital in a training program and eventually becoming a hospice chaplain. I just love sitting with people in the midst of whatever they're going through and just being able to... um, listen to their struggles and to reflect back to them what they perceive is going on and just to be able to encourage and support them in whatever way that their faith background says is encouraging to them. So what did that look like for you as a chaplain? What would you do in the hospital? So I would visit families and visit patients in the rooms and every visit was so different. That's what I loved about it. I went into each room kind of seeing every person in every room as a different book, a different story, um, and that it was such a privilege and an honor to be able to share in that story, even just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so I would, you know, just talk to them about what they were going through. The hospital and in hospice, it brings up such questions, the big questions of life and death and philosophical theological, (laughs) you know, um, just questions of faith and struggles and identity, um, things that were very unanticipated, and a lot of grief, a lot of loss, and um, just being able to sit with them in that and Mm -hmm. talk to them about it and uh, ask them questions that might help bring out certain aspects of it that could be helpful to them. And then If they wanted to pray, um, to pray with them, to guide them in um, maybe a meditation or just something that might be helpful, Um, just being being with, being present, and to try to stay calm in the midst of really chaotic situations at the hospital, whether that was in the emergency room or, um, you know, someone unexpectedly passing away. Um, So I learned a lot as... um, during my training mm-hmm. and in, in my time, you know, as a hospice chaplain. And um, I really found, you were mentioning motherhood, I really found that that training 
was the most valuable thing for me entering as a new mom, mm-hmm. because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> as I think most new moms do. And just to be kind of trained in trying to be a non-anxious presence in the midst of chaos. I mean, that describes mm-hmm. new motherhood perfectly. It sure does. <laughs> so um, that's how I started the Mindful Mamas classes. Um, I actually took it over from um, a friend of a friend who had had the idea, who had wanted that when her first child was born, a space to just talk about the bigger questions of motherhood and, um, you know, identity shifts and challenges in relationships and everything that comes with becoming a a new parent. So what do you take people through in the mindful mama's classes? What is that? What does that structure look like? Yeah. So we start out by getting to know each other because one of the biggest spiritual and emotional needs I feel like is just connection and community and just knowing that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Just having a space that's safe to be vulnerable with each other and to you know, um, it can be easy to try to look like the advertisements for baby diapers or whatnot, <laughs> um, to make it look like everything is just fine. And I think our society has this dichotomy of, you know, either you're suffering from postpartum depression or something very extreme, or you're just okay. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of a middle space where we could just be honest about the joys and the challenges and um, just be able to relate to each other. And Who is the target market or who? Is, what age range for? Any new moms. Oh, new moms. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you have, um, like, is it in the first six months or the first year? Oh, the age of the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably the first couple years of life. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what the class is targeted for. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. that's neat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then through that, you started Rooted Pasadena. Mm -hmm. And what is that about? It's brand new. It's an organization that is just focused on providing support emotionally and spiritually for new parents, the way that the hospice chaplaincy model was. So in hospice chaplaincy, I would go as a chaplain to people's homes, and they would also have the opportunity to meet with a social worker and a nurse, um, all in home and just be able to um, get holistic care. And I thought, wow, that would be amazing for new parents because, you know, especially in those early days and weeks and even months, it's pretty homebound. It's hard to get out. And um, I thought, wow, it would be wonderful to have that kind of support. So something I offer is um, in-home spiritual counseling and then I also have a podcast that is forthcoming mm-hmm. <laughs> that you are going to be a guest yes. on, which I'm very excited <laughs> about. Um, and that is a kind of a contemplative guided meditation for new moms who um, may not have time for that, you know, spiritual aspect of maybe getting to their place of worship um, in those first early months. And then... I have a um, the class, the Mindful Mamas class. And so after, yeah, just building those connections, we talk about identity, we do different exercises and um, just things that are engaging to the topics that are 
coming up in that kind of season. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you. You are busy doing a lot of different things, and it's just great to uh, hear about what it is and as a resource for new moms, that this is something that's in Pasadena that women can go to. So thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and becoming a mom. Tell me how that transition was for you. It was very difficult. <laughs> it was a struggle. Um, I think the birth went very well. I had a wonderful, wonderful birth class um, taught by Britta Bushnell, and she helped me prepare for the unexpected and to emotionally, and I would say spiritually, prepare for just anything that could happen because like death, birth is so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And as a, a chaplain, that really stood out to me. However, I was not as prepared for all the uncertainty and the chaos and the um, difficulty of becoming a new mom. And, you know, it almost feels like you're going into a new job. And when mm-hmm. you start a new job, there are core competencies that you can improve at. And you know, you get better, you get more used to it, but every day was just changing and changing and my daughter was changing and it just felt like I could never get a grasp on Mm -hmm. things. So I think that it took a really long time and, you know, it's still a process. I think when a woman becomes a mother, it's, you know, she's being born as a mom. And so Mm -hmm. I'm a very young mom (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and learning a lot. So just kind of being okay with those imperfections and, the learning curve and the process. So as you think about motherhood and thinking about self-care and taking, you know, that's an interesting thing. I mean, you're a chaplain, you're a spiritual counselor, you're teaching mindful mama's classes, and you have a lot of knowledge about self-care. What, how do you implement that for yourself? Do you have like a story that you could tell us or a time, maybe an experience that you went through and maybe how you tried to implement some of these things and maybe how it helped? Sure. Yeah, because it's definitely difficult. It's a struggle every day. (laughs) And I try to practice what I preach, not always successfully. So um, I think one time that comes to mind is at the beginning of um, my relationship with my husband. Um, We had definite struggles in many different areas. And one of those areas um, was just in the area of our physical, intimate relationship that I struggled with having pain during sex. And um, I've just been very open about that because I feel like it's such a silent topic that Mm -hmm. so many women struggle with. And... I really, at this point, many, many, many years later, I try to share with as many people as possible because I know that so many people come up to me after and say, oh, well, I'm going through that right now. and Mm -hmm. I just haven't talked about it to anyone. So, um, yeah, it was a very big struggle. I went to therapy thinking that, you know, the doctors told me it might kind of just be a more of a psychological difficulty. And, you know, that would be okay. So I'm very open to um, psychologists and therapy. And so went to to them. And of course, it was helpful. I think that's always helpful to anybody. Um, But that wasn't the, the physical problem. It did turn out to be physical. So I went to many different OB guides, was kind of dismissed by some and 
just others just didn't know what the heck was going on, ran lots of tests. So um, I think one part of self-care is just learning to trust. It has been learning to trust my own voice Mm -hmm. and learning to trust my own emotions and physical feelings um, and emotional feelings. So it really, um, yeah, just trusting that even when others were disagreeing or telling me otherwise um, and kind of learning to step into my own my own voice in that. Um, so eventually I talked to my sister-in-law about it, who's an OBGYN, and um, that was a little awkward. Yeah. It's like, hey, your brother and me. Good for you, though. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was probably some desperation in that, too. Just oh, like, yeah. I need help. Yes. yes. Yeah, and I know you know something about this, so I'm going to talk to you. Yeah. You know, that's great that mm-hmm. you were able to do that. Yeah. yeah. And she was very helpful. I mean, she went the extra mile to look in medical journals mm. and because she really cared. And yeah. um and also, I think, trusted my voice as well. And so she um, led me to a doctor in San Diego. And um, this doctor was a specialist and did lots of research on this. It's not a very well-researched topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really helped me physically and also with the emotional difficulty of it because he was so experienced in treating women and their partners who were mm-hmm. going through this. So... Um, I was just so happy. And I think just, you know, being persistent and trying to care for not only myself, but um, my relationship with my husband as well. Um, I think that, yeah, self-care includes, for me, marriage care, but any, you know, like intimate Mm -hmm. relationship. um, It just, yeah, was um, a really helpful thing to be able to Um, have the insurance and all that. And that's something else I wanted to mention about self-care was that, um, so I started out as an AmeriCorps volunteer after I graduated from college. And I had no money because they don't really pay you. They gave you housing and everything. But, um, and I just remember thinking at the time, it's really difficult to do this volunteer work, which is so draining and so demanding and not have any resources to try to take care of myself, whether Mm -hmm. that be, like especially nourishing food or just going out and getting a massage from time to time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if this is too much of a tangent. No, it's great. No, that we're talking about self-care. Yeah. So this is all about ways that we practice that for ourselves. And as I was reflecting on self-care, I just thought, well, it is a lot easier with resources, financial or social, you know, mm-hmm. just you know, if a friend says, oh, I have a beach house and you're welcome to use that for a week or so with your family, like that's definitely a, a resource. Um, but it's not impossible without it. Um, I think there are creative ways to make it work in whatever situation in my life that I've been in. Um, it's been a challenge at times. Um, but I think the most important parts of self-care for me have been those non those intangible things like learning to trust myself and my own voice and learning to set limits and boundaries and to just know what my needs are in terms of like just being able to go home from work on time and not mm-hmm. um stay really really late because i feel like oh like 
there's always something else to be done. Or caring for others. You yeah. know, there is a moment where you have to like truly care for yourself. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about how you learned how to become better at listening to yourself. I think as moms, there's so many voices all around. There's your kids have needs, your husband has needs, your friends have needs, your family has needs, your mom has needs. Your, I mean, everyone's telling you what they need. How do you, in the midst of that, learn how to practice listening to yourself? Do you have like some tools or what do you recommend for someone who feels like, I don't even know what I need. You know, I'm just helping everybody else. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I do. I do have some tools for that because that's exactly where I was. I didn't even know how to identify what the heck I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I would just get so flooded with emotions. And, you know, I would kind of push through, sweep everything else under the rug, and just power on forward, and achieve, achieve, achieve in all these different areas. And at the end of the day, everything bubbled up and Mm -hmm. came out eventually. Mm -hmm. Whether that was, you know, just feeling super overwhelmed, that it was somewhat debilitating um, or just having a lot of anxiety or whatever it may have been, you know. So I totally understand that question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for me, guided meditations have been really helpful Mm -hmm. to just kind of slow down, take a few deep breaths. Um, I know you had someone on your show recently Mm -hmm. who who does guided meditations online. And, and that's what my podcast is going to be as well from a, a more faith-based perspective. Um, and also learning to identify what the emotions actually are. So when I was training as a chaplain, my supervisor would always say, there are really five main emotions, mad, sad, glad, ashamed, and afraid. So just kind of going through those five emotions And if I was feeling something and getting anxious about something, but I didn't know exactly what it was, to just go through each of those. Well, am I mad about it? Well, there's so many different kinds of being mad. So kind of exploring that. Am I sad about it? And I like that glad is right in the middle there because it's entirely possible and normal to have really mixed feelings about something. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you could be stressed out about all the wonderful opportunities in your life that just take up so much time. Mm -hmm. Um, So learning to actually stop and validate my own emotions and say, you know, I am frustrated about this and that's okay. And to non-judgmentally take a step back and start with curiosity Mm. and ask myself, okay, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So mad, sad, glad. What are the other two? Ashamed. Oh, ashamed. Okay. And? And afraid. Afraid. Mm -hmm. Wow. That, That would take... I mean, that would take space. So as a mom, I think a lot of times we're not even giving ourselves space to think about what we feel, because we're just going from one task to the next, to the next, to the next. Right. And a lot of times, I mean, when your kid stops taking a nap, I mean, you don't get much time Yeah. until they start going to school sometimes. But to have time where you can even really reflect on yeah. yourself. And sometimes I know for myself, I feel like I go from one 
not conflict, but one difficult situation to the next difficult and another decision I have to make and another, you know, bill comes or just all these different things that you're thinking about that sometimes it just feels like there's not time. It never, <laughs> it never stops. It never stops. And it's never going to stop. No. So it's really about, to me, it's been about learning to do it right in the moment. So in the busyness of life, how do you implement this? Maybe taking some time to practice without distractions. And that might be for three minutes in the shower, you know, reflecting on a big emotion that came up that day, going through the five main emotions of mad, sad, glad, ashamed, and afraid, and going through each one and learning to identify what you're feeling. And then after that, just being able to try to bring that into those chaotic, crazy, stressful moments by, you know, just taking a deep breath and maybe a few deep breaths mm-hmm. <laughs> and just trying to um, non-judgmentally say, okay, what am I feeling here? Like when Isabella, my daughter, is screaming and crying and I'm not in a good place myself because I'm hangry, I'm pregnant, I think it's unfair that I haven't gotten to eat and she's throwing a tantrum, you know, to just validate my own emotions in that. Okay, I'm frustrated, I'm kind of mad, I'm really hungry. So not just the emotions, but like the actual bodily feelings as well. I think identifying where we feel anxiety in our bodies is so important because we feel it in our bodies before we could mentally identify what we're feeling. So where in my body am I feeling that stress? Okay, for me, it might be my stomach or like my heart gets everything gets really tight or my shoulders. And that's why I love the guided meditations, even if you do have only five minutes before you go to bed, there are so many different mindfulness meditations out there that are literally five to 10 minutes long that help you learn to breathe and to kind of just settle into a moment and to identify what you're feeling in your body and where that tension is lying. And that kind of practice helps has helped me for sure to be able to do it in the moment so that I could kind of take a step back and calmly respond to something rather than knee jerk reaction, which only makes it worse. Mm -hmm. So you're saying when you do feel tension somewhere in your body, like for me, I always feel it in my chest. Mm -hmm. Like, so when I start um, having some anxiety or stress, it is, it's like a, it's almost like a gripping feeling in my chest. So when I start to feel that, for me, I start to try to be curious. Like, mm. what is going on today? What is what is happening? What decision am I needing to make? And why am I feeling this pressure? <laughs> so it actually helps me just know that something is happening here that I I don't know what it is yet, but I'm not feeling that good about it. And so it helps me, like, tune into myself to be able to say, I need to investigate. I need to maybe, maybe I'm too busy and I'm, my body's holding the tension. Um, But it's something that I need to kind of maybe intellectualize, like you said, like take three minutes, think about this emotion, what is going on. Because sometimes I feel like we just go from one thing to the next and I don't even know which one of those five things going on right now that I'm juggling is causing this 
anxiety. <laughs> I mean, it happens to me where I'm just I'm doing so many things that I uh, just to be able to step back. So that I think that's really good. Right. In the shower, mm-hmm. just taking three minutes to self-reflect and self-care and be in tune with your body and and to have compassion for yourself at and, the same time. You know, yeah. No matter what those feelings might be, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Any emotion is okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing is bad or you shouldn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Because to be able to validate ourselves is so healthy and to be able to have compassion for ourselves and not judge ourselves. I mean, I think that that's just the biggest part of self-care. Mm-hmm. And kind of to be able to use that bodily sensation to be able to guide a decision you know right. like so yeah so i mean yesterday i had to make a decision about something and i was feeling a lot of anxiety about it and so i decided you know what i don't have to make that decision so i didn't <laughs> so it's still on the table but i actually feel better today because i didn't make the decision and i'm just going to kind of let it go i mean i yeah i don't it's okay i mean i didn't have to make it yesterday and I don't even have to make it today. I can. I could decide tomorrow. <laughs> but just like being aware that, um, I think sometimes when we're so busy, we just go from one decision to the next without stopping. So it's just good just to stop, just to pause. Right, and not ignoring those sensations. It sounds like you really listened to yourself. I did. And listen you didn't to ignore it. I did not ignore and it. Sometimes, like this happened to me recently. I felt that feeling in my body about a decision. And it just didn't feel right. Intellectually, it made sense Mm -hmm. what I was about to do. But there was just something that felt off. And so I ended up talking to a friend about it. Mm -hmm. And she really helped me kind of see that I was feeling very uncomfortable. And she just asked me why. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to necessarily know how to be curious with myself if I'm the one right in it. So it was so, so, so helpful to have her to say it sounds like you're really uncomfortable with that why is that maybe is it this is it that so having those people in our lives I think Mm -hmm. it's also a big part of Mm self-care that's really good yeah I'm a verbal processor so I I tend to understand what's going on with me with a friend or with someone that's willing to be curious with me Mm -hmm. so I just I do know that about myself so like you said sometimes I don't know what's going on until I I have the opportunity to sit with someone and try to talk it out. But as we close, um, what are three practices that help you stay healthy? Just three things that you really um, believe in as far as self-care for yourself. I would start with saying, knowing that self-care isn't selfish Mm -hmm. and that I am worth it and that all of us are worth it. Even when there are messages that are telling us otherwise um, to just really value getting to know myself and my own not only needs but desires and what me what brings me joy mm-hmm. and and that's a good thing to, to get to know that about myself um, and I think everybody is worth that mm-hmm. time dedicated to doing things that spark joy Mm -hmm. To borrow a phrase from Marie Kondo, who's this home organization expert, um, that she really 
I mean, I definitely follow her philosophy of only keeping, only holding on to the physical objects that spark joy as you hold them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would expand that, and she expands that to the rest of life, knowing what sparks joy and making space for those things. So for me, going to the beach brings me so much joy, and it can be a pain to get down there, and sometimes it requires, you know, taking the whole family, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is not easy, but from time to time, prioritizing that, because that brings me joy, and at the same time, you know, watching out for my family and knowing what, or helping them know what sparks joy for them as well, so being fair about it, but making space for myself as well. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I went to a chiropractic appointment in the morning and that was very fulfilling mm-hmm. <laughs> and really helped help me feel better. And then I saw a spiritual director, um, someone who is experienced in just asking me those questions. Like you said, um, I'm a verbal processor as well. So just being able to reflect. And she also uses artwork in her practice. And that is something that's so life-giving for me, that just to be able to to do that artwork brings me so much joy that it's it's just so worth it. And that's so good for self-care for me because it fills my cup so that I can give of myself later Mm -hmm. on. So that's one practice is just knowing I'm worth it. I think another one is self-compassion and not having such high expectations all the time, but leaving room and just showing myself the love that I would show to a friend. Mm-hmm. One time I read in an article, you know, if you're struggling with something to imagine that your grandmother or maybe some older figure in your life who really, really cared about you um, or cares about you is, is reflecting on your experience. And that person has a bigger picture vision and is also compassionate. And like, so what should, what would she say? Um, and that's always really helpful. Or what would I say to a friend about this? Mm-hmm. Because we're always so much harder on ourselves, right? Yeah. And then I think um, the other practice is just staying healthy physically. And that's honestly, that's been hard during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So it feels like that's been something that's been taken away from me. But trying to be creative about Mm -hmm. (laughs) finding ways to be physically active, whether it's walking or doing prenatal yoga, Mm -hmm. kind of changing and adjusting for this different season of my life. And then just keeping in mind that it's a good model for my daughter and my future next daughter Mm -hmm. to put these things into practice because, you know, it's again it's not selfish it's Mm -hmm. it's taking care of myself so which in and of itself is valuable but also so I can give to my family Mm -hmm. thank you thank you for sharing and sharing your life and sharing your stories and your struggles but also what you've learned as a chaplain and I think as a mom how you've just kind of grown in self-knowledge and thank you for just sharing your expertise with us and I have learned a few things and I look forward to implementing those into my life so thank you for being on Balance by Beth podcast thank you for having me yes
Balanced by Beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice.